Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast i'm danny sheriff your host certified fertility awareness practitioner functional nutrition counselor and founder of the ha society and of course an ha recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice, so please seek the advice of your physician. Hey guys, welcome back to the HA podcast. I'm excited today to have Mel joining us. She is chiming in today from France to tell us her story. Um, Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hi. So I'm so pleased to have you here. I feel like you're going to have some great insights. Um, So what I wanted to do is get you to please 
introduce yourself a little bit, you know, um, where are you? What was your history with HA? And, you know, how, like how long, what was your path? Even what did you do to recover? Uh, because when I met you, you actually already had a period. So I'm really <laughs> curious to kind of get your whole backstory and have the listeners learn um, what what happened with you and, and start there. And then once you finish the story, I'm sure we'll go down some other rabbit holes. Is that okay? Yes, sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, take it away. Yeah. Um, so my name is Melanie um, and I'm French and I'm chatting today from Strasbourg. So if you, if anyone knows it, <laughs> Um, so my story is quite long <laughs> and it's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess we can take it from the start. Um, so I remember when I was a child having already a lot of trouble with my weight, uh, being very self-conscious, wanted to be different, um, I guess. And uh, I come from a family, uh, well, my dad is um, quite fatphobic. Um, so there were a lot of stuff said um, that should not have been said. And um, I guess it's, um, it marked me uh, as a child. And when I hit uh, puberty, um, I actually was a little bit uh, chubby you I would say and he noticed and uh, started making comments and stuff like that and um, one day he wanted to weigh me and um, when I stepped on the scale he was so shocked um, his reaction was yeah very strong and I remember it very well <laughs> and yeah he started to tell me that he wanted didn't want someone fat in the family and yada yada and we started like a meal plan and a running plan um and yeah that was quite traumatizing as a young girl and I, I guess it's it started there I, I was not like very um confident and it didn't make me more confident, if you know what I, I'm saying. Um, so basically we would like run um, two to three times a week and I would be on a diet. Uh, I would not have like uh, the sweets that I was having and we would like eat more healthy. And it would weigh me every month uh, to see progress. So I think, um it's not very healthy <laughs> right now but yeah it was um something uh and I lost the weight because I wanted my dad to love me so <laughs> I I lost like maybe seven kilos at the time I don't remember but um he was very proud of me and I was like okay so and I get some validation around me people are, are cheering me up and it's good and it felt good that people like recognized my uh, efforts. And so um, when I was actually in my senior year of high school, um, I started this the same journey, but by myself. So I started running and I wanted to lose a bit of weight. And I started like uh, eating a lot of salads and like changing my uh, food intake. And 
like I lost my period in just three months after that. And it was the, the first time that it happened to me. And at that time, like nobody was talking about like losing your period. And I thought that it was no big deal. Um, so I was just like very happy, actually. I was like, oh yeah, that's great. I don't have a period, so I don't have to worry about anything. I can go to the beach and it's all good. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I didn't realize at the time that it was something, it was a, a red flag. Um, and yeah, so um, moving forward, I, I went to my first year of uni and um, so I was living mainly by myself and I, uh, yeah, I spiraled into a full-blown eating disorder. Um, so yeah, it was a step up for sure. And um, I started exercising a lot more at uni and out of uni and eating very little. And I, I became like addicted to feeling uh, thin. And I don't know, I liked this new identity of myself uh, being the, the fit girl and all that stuff. And I had already a lot of symptoms. Uh, so I was feeling lightheaded. I was hungry a lot of the time. Uh, I was thinking about food a lot. And so I had no, I had no period, of course. And I, have, I had awful digestion, anxiety. And yeah, I slowly but surely isolated myself. Um, I was eating alone and yeah it was not a fun time especially when you're at uni you you should have fun and make friends and stuff like that and go out but did you have your boyfriend uh, at the time no no mm -hmm. and actually at that time I was like so afraid of boys like it, it's funny mm -hmm. looking back because I I thought that I was uh, asexual because I had no libido no interest in boys and uh Mm, it was very um, uh, it, it gave me a lot of anxiety actually to think about that because I was like I'm not normal you know um but yeah so I became uh more and more lonely um and um around that time I also became uh, like vegetarian and then vegan so that's a very important part of my journey because this is the last thing that I um, uh, held on to. Um, and yeah, it was, I guess, uh, looking back, uh, another way for me to, you know, have an excuse to restrict. Um, and I became very, like, um, passionate about it, like, uh, watching all the documentaries about, like, veganism and the diet, the, the environment, the ethical reasons. And yeah, it's it became like part of my identity. Um, and um, yeah, <laughs> it was not a great yeah. decision uh, right now. I, I can tell you that. But at the time, it was like um, something that I could uh, hold on to. And I don't know, it was something I needed at that at the time so that I feel mm -hmm. like a person. I don't know um how to say like in it, but... control it's like, uh, like yeah. a lot of people will say that they can control it's something that they can hold on to like they can control it, mm -hmm. uh, no one else can dictate this and, yeah. and interestingly that just provides people a lot of safety and comfort yeah yeah for sure mm. yeah 
Um, and so at that time, it was like maybe um, I didn't have a period for like maybe a year or two. And I started to worry a lot. I, I would think about it a lot because <clears throat> but then you could um, like read a lot of things on the Internet on why it's bad to not have a period. No, I, I got very scared. So um, I was like, OK, so maybe I should stop exercising and I should try to eat more. Uh, so that's what I did, but on a vegan diet, and uh, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, or if you encountered it, but HCLF, it was like high carb, low fat, it was so oh, big yeah. on YouTube at that time. It was like all these vegan YouTubers. I was definitely high carb, low fat. Yeah, but I didn't, mm. but it's a vegan thing. It it came from like vegan YouTubers. Um, I Gosh, there was you like would one... die on vegan <laughs> high carb low fat. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> okay, and that was whoa. Okay, I I was eating so much like food like volume wise, and my digestion would be so awful. Like all these bananas and potatoes, and oh, it was just thinking about it. I <laughs> I don't feel well, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I tried that like for a year. Uh, I think it, it was my second year of uni. I was like, okay, stop exercising. I eat more, but it did nothing. It didn't solve anything. I didn't recover my period. I didn't feel better. I, I, I gained a little bit of weight naturally, but it was not enough. I was not nourished. So yeah. And the process was so long. And I, I, and I always thought, I think that's, one thing I, that's important is I thought that I could always do it by myself. I could like heal by myself. I didn't need anything, anyone. Um, I didn't see a doctor or a therapist, anything. Um, so yeah. And so I eventually got so frustrated that I let go and I started to run again and you know restrict uh, a little bit more even though it was already very restrictive but yeah um it, it, it's just like like I said a lot of relapses a lot of like up and down always trying to fix my issue but not being able to do it by myself and um when I was uh, an au pair in Germany um in uh, 2018 I was like, okay, I'm recovering once and for all. I want to have my period. It's so important. And um, I still was vegan. Um, I could not let go of this. But um, I put up, I put on a lot of weight at that time. And I was like, okay, that's good. And it took me a whole year to have a bleed, my first bleed in four, four and a half years. Yes. So I was so happy at that time. Um, I was like, yay, I have my period. All my problems are solved. But yeah. it was just the beginning. <laughs> it was like just one milestone. But yeah, I didn't know at the time. Um, so it was still something um, for sure. But after that, I had like very irregular periods, um, like very long cycles, like 45 to 50 days, uh, maybe more sometimes. I would skip like a couple of months. And I had a lot of um, yeah PMS symptoms, like a lot of like breast tenderness. Uh, 
I would feel like just not good. <laughs> it was not a great time. Um, and I remember like struggling uh, a lot with uh, overeating uh, at night. Uh, so it mm. was my body telling me, uh, you need more food. <laughs> you need to be more nourished. Um, because I, I had this tendency of like maybe restrict uh, during the day. And then when I would come home from uni or work, I would like, okay, uh, well, why am I so hungry? But yeah, it was not a great time. Um, yeah. And I was like tired all, all the time, very self-conscious. And yeah, the, the digestion part was a big one for me. It was really something that would bothering me. Like um, I could not like go to some social events. I would like, you know, make excuses. No, I can't come. Uh, but it was really because I I was in pain and um, yeah, it's it's quite sad. And um, guess what? Another relapse uh, during the first lockdown. Mm. Uh, I started to do the whole thing all over again. Uh, so I guess the cure to my journey is denial. <laughs> I was always in denial, and uh, yeah, I was still vegan and like. It was maybe like uh, five years of veganism and I started to have a lot more um, health issues, like very small health issues that was that were not normal for a young woman like me. Um, so fast forward um, to 2022, um, I was like craving, um, you know, some animal proteins like eggs and cheese and I just wanted to have a lot more freedom and I was so fed up. <laughs> I was like so tired of all of this. And so I um, started to reintroduce uh, eggs and um, cheese and like dairy. I was vegetarian um, and it felt so damn good <laughs> at the time. Like when I ate my first egg, I was like, okay, I needed this um, and it was a great experience <laughs> and so i i was vegetarian uh for a year after that and you know at the, at, the, at first i felt like a lot of um guilt you know living the the vegan lifestyle and i was like what am i going to say to my vegan friends and it was yeah a big decision yeah. and i was not prepared to like um what did you say label. to your vegan friends? Well, some of them, uh, I also have some vegetarian friends, but they always know me as, uh, knew me as the vegan girl. Um, so to my close friends, I I would just tell them that I needed to do it uh, for my health. And they were very accepting of that. But some other that was just like, um, you know, just uh, not as close. Uh, I would not tell anything. <laughs> Yeah. And I, they, like, they would just, I might like, just not eat in front of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I, I would, but um, I, I was like, um, they, they, they will figure. Well, you don't out have to explain there. yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. You don't have to explain anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. And um, so it was probably my best year, like twenty twenty two, in a long time. Um, but it was not enough for me to like achieve like 
the health that I was hoping for myself. And um, in 2023, uh, so last year, um, I decided to just eat everything. I was like, okay, I'm, I, I was like um, learning a lot about like HA, I discovered your podcast <laughs> and I listened to a lot of episodes and watched YouTube videos uh, about like people like quitting uh, veganism or vegetarianism. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, maybe that's the missing piece uh, and I need to give it a go. Um, so I tried it and I was like, okay, I I need like someone, I need like someone to um, to accompany me on this journey. And I was like, I, I'm fed up of, of doing it by myself. And it's, it sucks. <laughs> it's, it sucks like to, to struggle for so many years. Um, and even when I was vegetarian, my, my cycle was, could be missing for for months and I was like okay so I applied for coaching with you <laughs> and um after that it it was easy <laughs> I I'm gonna say because I I did a lot of work uh, by myself before that I was like ready to go all in to introduce anything that you you would consider like uh, helpful uh, for me it was like mainly so animal products, uh, animal fats, meat, and things like that. And um, so I already had a cycle at that time. Like I had a bleed. I remember having a bleed just before like uh, starting my first session with you. So it was like a good starting point of like, okay, yeah, fresh like cycle just is... happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember like the, the first cycle being maybe a little long, 37 days, but it was still uh, great. And um, after that, I did not miss a cycle. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's funny because it, it feels so recent, but um, mm. I feel- But it's been a as, while, it's been months that yeah, you've been yeah, consistently- Yeah, it's been months, but- I'm such a different person one, now. That's, yeah, right. And um, yeah, so that's basically my uh, backstory of how I got here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you so want cool. me to talk yes, a little bit more so about cool. what I did. Yeah. Yeah, we're, let's dive into that, right? So when I met you, uh, you had kind of just started bleeding and everything was great. Uh, and you were concerned that, like, I, do, I don't know if I'm ovulating. I don't know if it's any good. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's the thing that I think when you say, like, it was so easy. It's just that you were just willing to do whatever was required. It was almost as if you just, like, had enough, right? You're like, well, yeah. okay, just what, what? What are we doing? And first of all, just so people know, for anyone who understands, for all of those who understand the cycle parameters, okay? So her first cycle was 37 days. Like, uh, so she had her for her first bleed and then she started tracking. So technically like her second bleed, right? So her first full cycle tracked was 37 days with a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 day luteal phase ovulation on day, we're saying 25. So that was so good for a first cycle. We're like, oh. 
like, okay, let's see what happens to the next one. And then the next cycle was 37 days again, but you ovulated two days sooner. I had a 14 day luteal phase. So it was like, okay, that's beautiful as well. Um, And mind all y'all in case you don't know, no plans or no trying to get pregnant here. This is just purely getting the cycle on track. Um, And then the next one, the third one, 32, listen to this guys, 32 days, ovulation on day 16, and then a 16 day luteal phase. Looks to her whole side. I mean, perfection. I was like, wait, like you can go now. Like, this is amazing. (laughs) It was so good. And then the next month was 30 days with ovulation on day 16 again. So super consistent and a 14 day luteal phase. So it's like, okay, fine. You know, 16 is like, (laughs) just like the dream but no we're gonna be doing that um month over month um and now you're into your next one so knowing that those are really great stats before we go into what did you have to do i think is super important right so Mm -hmm. people get that context of like you can go from aha you can go from eating disorders like you you know and you can still make this happen right Mm -hmm. But you just need to be willing to accept that like this vision that you had of how you're supposed to be living your life may need to change. So, Melanie, what do you think were the main things that you had to do? Obviously, we kind of touched on veganism, but like start from the beginning with that. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much In this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, 
which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, quitting veganism was like the first thing that was key um, to healing. And um, so uh, I remember like when we first spoke, um, like the plan was just for me to eat way more, like portion wise, because I we did like a food view and I was not eating enough um, for sure. And it was like eating uh, more consistently. I started like uh, eating breakfast uh, right when I woke up, uh, like an hour upon waking up um, and just eating more animal products, more animal fats, uh, animal meat. And uh, also like, um, yeah, just feeling more free around food. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it. It was not easy for me, especially the the meat part, because I was not used to like buying cooking meat, and it was very like uh, intimidating um, at the time. And you know, I I tried a lot of things, and I was not always like liking <laughs> the things. So I was like, okay, but is it? okay if I just not eat meat every day and you know I was questioning a lot uh, about that because I was really not used to uh, eating that much meat uh, so it was a concern mm -hmm. for me but um, in the end I, I found my staples and like my my balance uh, with all of this and I like rediscovered like the joy of French food, French gastronomy. And I was like, oh, just like yeah, butter, bread. That. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Bread and butter is my cooking. favorite thing. <laughs> and yeah, I like Duck. we have a lot of uh, French dishes with meats and like that are so del delicious. And I, I was able to eat that again. And I, it made me so happy. So it was like key to, you know, just eat everything, trying everything and reconnect yeah. to my culture I guess yeah yes so like so much more important than we're giving a credit for can you know can mm. you just say and was there a moment for you because there was for me of like oh, hang on you know I feel like I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do but I've kind of like lifted this sort of veil off and hang on all I I actually can't I just don't have to have rules I just don't have to have rules I can just live my life and yeah. populate yeah and it, like it's like they don't want us to know that is possible for us but yeah did you have a moment like that well you know when you were like hang on I can participate mm. in my culture yeah, 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 definitely. Because I was so used to have a lot of rules, even if it's what it was not always like very uh, conscious. But you know, it's mm. it's all over the place. Like you hear people like saying they're on the diet, they they must watch uh, their weight, and they must do this, they must do that, and 
you know, it's ingrained in us, especially women, uh, to, you know, uh, make ourselves smaller. And mm -hmm. it was like definitely a big uh, thing for me like to say, okay, I can just eat like a man, you know? It, it, I had a lot of um, issues with like eating more than my partner or eating more than my male uh, friends. And I was like, but there's no rules. If I'm hungry, if I need to eat that, if I should not question, I, I should not like uh, look at anyone's plate. It's their issue. I, I should just focus on myself. And, you know, I I just like, yeah, uh, put the focus on me. Uh, I was the priority. My health was the priority. And I was just like along for the ride. I was so happy to, you know, feel this freedom and to find joy again in food because I love food I love I always loved eating as a child and stuff and you know I I it it's a part of me and it makes me happy and I lost that along the way so it was very special for me to find it back and to yeah reconnect with my uh you know child and yeah it was definitely special uh a special experience and yeah I would notice like you know I was I would like walk in the streets and just feel joy feeling feel uh like contentment satisfaction and these were feelings that I was not uh allowing myself to feel um so yeah that was yeah it was very nice <laughs> yes yeah 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 I love that um, and it makes me think of this. I, I've heard people say this. I want to say more so around like calorie tracking and macro tracking and stuff, but like um, this delusional almost belief that having these rules in place is giving me freedom, right? But it's mm -hmm. like, because uh, with macros and calories, it's like, well, I can eat whatever I want so long as it's within my macros and calories, mm -hmm. right? Which is a bit different to you know, having rules around like, can't eat this, can't eat that. But I'm sure that there are similar situations where people feel like they have more freedom because they can eat that thing and maintain their smaller body. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's actually just a means to help you have less free. Like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. But at the time of hearing it, I thought it made perfect sense. And I was jealous because I didn't resonate. I was like, no, no, no. Tracking my, all my food is feeling, it makes me feel completely unfree because I'm so hungry, but other people don't have that experience. And a lot of people are just like love control. And it's almost like having these rules, like I'm a vegan or I don't eat that, or I eat this way creates, it makes it, it just like makes me feel more free. <laughs> it's like, no, it makes you feel more in control. And yeah. I think that whole the whole narrative we tell ourselves around our rules is so fascinating because that's what I come up against with women so much. It's like, well, I just really like eating this way and I don't want to change. Mm. Yeah. Well, do you really? Because mm. like, have you tried bread and butter? I don't <laughs> think you love these rules. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you just reminded me, you know, of that. I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Like the psychology yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think you have to completely let go of it to be able to have that click in your brain because you, you're you're depriving yourself. And 
you're not thinking straight you know it's and I can you're really your own that. slave driver yeah right and yeah. once you let go it's just like another world of possibilities is opening up <laughs> and you're like okay yes. so that's what I was missing on okay <laughs> and yes friends yeah, but yeah you, you can't uh you can't experience that unless you completely let go and I I was not ready for like years I was telling myself all these lies um but I'm healthy, you know, like the word healthy means a completely different thing to, uh, for, uh, to me today. Back then, I, I thought that, like, you know, meat, eggs, dairy were poison. You know, they were not food for humans, that we should not eat that. And I'm... They're bad for your cholesterol. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But they're bad for your cholesterol, which that was a part yeah. of your journey too. You had really high cholesterol. Um, You're concerned. Yeah, yeah, and not really high, but a bit higher than uh, average. Uh, yeah, so I, I remember. On the chest. Yeah, I remember emailing you like <laughs> in panic. I was like, "What do I do? Is it normal?" <laughs> um, and it's actually a pretty normal thing uh, when you recover from HA. So I, I did mm -hmm. not test my cholesterol since then, but I'm sure it's fine now Watch and it. Next time you test I, it, it's going to be perfect yeah and actually um when i uh was seeing my um how is it called my um physician or i don't know um she was telling me that it was not to i, I should not worry because my good cholesterol were, was yeah. very high so i think it's yes it's fine but yeah I, at the time i was like because I always thought that cholesterol was bad. You know, my mom had high cholesterol and I was hearing all of this stuff around like, uh, you know, when you eat vegan, you you can't have cholesterol and it's good. <laughs> but actually cholesterol is pretty key uh, also for women and for <laughs> health. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, vegan, it's impossible to eat. You know, and I think like what they're really thinking is like... It trans fats and like it's impossible mm. really on a veganism diet uh where you're eating like literally just vegetables and fruits and stuff to have mm. to be intaking high amounts of trans fats and cholesterol like things like that um i mean that said people i'm sure can do veganism with high cholesterol foods if they really tried but it's like it's yeah it's so important for us to be <laughs> eating cholesterol and it's mm -hmm. just such a massive frust it's such a massive frustration in the space but yeah like most people will have um cholesterol flagged right and mm -hmm. while like even actually i still have sometimes i get high cholesterol readings but the ratios are fine right so it's mm -hmm. really important for the different types of cholesterol it's really important that the right person is reviewing them and that we probably shouldn't even be looking at our labs before our doctor speaks to us yes. just in case you know what I mean like did we take it and run um but yeah I mean it's just so common and then I'm sure as you continue cycling and you know eating all these wonderful things like you'll even probably not have those things be flagged at all anymore so that's exciting oh and mine was recently only high because I was postpartum so I didn't have a period mm. Uh, yeah. because I hadn't finished breastfeeding yet so like there's a massive correlation there yeah. right with not having enough estrogen being produced 
great side tangent. Okay. So mm-hmm. where, I mean, I hear where we're at today is like, life is more three-dimensional. There's so many more opportunities. Like you just see and feel different. Um, kind of say more to that and like what look back on your experience as, um, did it bring you anything beneficial? How do you feel yeah. today? For sure. Um, so as you said, my, my life is much more like vibrant and, uh, I heard that, like, I think in your podcast, like, um, feeling half a person, I felt that (laughs) at the time. And right now I feel like a whole person. So that's a good thing. And um, yeah, during this uh, recent journey, uh, like uh, with coaching with you, um, I also had my uh, struggles uh, with weight gain predominantly and people's judgment. And I was so afraid that everyone would comment on my body and would judge me and like would say mean things about me. I was like so afraid of that. And actually I I don't think anyone cares. (laughs) I'm still here and I went to all these social events in my new body and nothing bad happened. So I, I guess it's reassuring for me like to see that you know, now I can go at uh, social events and be more myself and be in this bigger body and take more space and it's all good. And, you know, my my health has never been uh, better. But, you know, I still had that um, fear, even though, even uh, at Christmas, actually, I went uh, to see my family and I was so afraid that everyone would see my weight gain and be like, what, Melanie? Yeah it's not healthy but no one commented so yeah I think no one cares and everyone can (laughs) see actually that I'm more uh vibrant and that I look better my no uh my face looks more I don't know Uh, a couple of people commented on that and saying that I look better now that I used you know I used to when I was vegan and stuff so yeah that's great um but my, so right now I can say, um, I guess that I'm recovered. Uh, I guess I had five, four or five cycles that were like very good and uh, very consistent. And um, I feel like I have so much more time now to just live my life. Um, and I can be so uh, present uh, with my friends, with my close ones. I feel joyous and yeah, a, a big thing uh, was my libido. My libido was so low at um, during my journey and it came back all of a sudden and I was like, hey, you, <laughs> I didn't see you for a long time. It's great to have you back. And, you know, it's all of these things. And actually now my so I, I'm much more like curvy than I used to be at the start of my journey. And um, I learned to appreciate it and, you know, feel good um, in my clothes. I bought new clothes and I feel more, I feel more like myself, more like a woman. And 
yeah, it's actually great. And I don't pay that much attention to my shape or to my uh, body size uh, anymore, if that makes sense. I, uh, I'm not focusing on it that much. I'm just having a good time. And, you know, that's really like crazy to me to think that only a year ago I was in such a different place mentally like um the mental space that like food thoughts and body thoughts were taking it's mad and um right now I can say that I don't I don't have these food thoughts anymore and um I yeah I reconnected with myself and my interests are so diverse now and I don't know it feels good to be also reconnected with my emotions I cry a lot I used to like not cry at movies but right now I'm just <laughs> taking right taking it all in and you know I I love it like this new person that I am is like it, it's like I'm the person that I was supposed to be uh when I uh, started being an adult and I just skipped <laughs> that and I became another person it's it's crazy. I feel like I'm going yeah. back to to my roots, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah, yes, that's such a good way to put it. Like, so reverse, reverse, reverse. Mm. Go back to what you're doing in the very first place. You know, yeah, no, minus dad. But you know, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and I hope that was I love, clear. I love this for you. Yes. I mean, I love this for you. I'm so happy for you. It's been really pleasurable to mm. watch you just like, you know, skip your way back into life. And that's something that I'm just, honest to God, the most passionate about of anything. Like we can talk about periods and bone health all we want. We can talk about getting babies and starting families. But at the end of the day, like you only get one life. Like you mm. don't get a do-over. And all of us trying to control our bodies to the to every single degree in order to like create some life on the other side of all of that control that we think we're going to get mm. is wild. Like you're yeah. spending your life doing that, but you think mm. it's going to make your life better. Like the whole thing is delusion. Yeah. And I'm that's what I'm most passionate about. So it was really great to just hear your story. Um and to see you and watch you kind of like go through that whole transformation. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah. I'm so happy for you. And I'm sure it's insp inspirational to some others. Thank you. Many others. And I, I just wanted no to worries. add that um, the, um, what's so funny to me today is that like talking about like diet or talking about <clears throat> even HA or it's, it became boring to me. You know, because yeah. it's not something that I'm. I'm just like, okay, it's not the the main focus of my life. You know, what I eat, what I do, uh, if I have my period or not. It's just like it's flowing, and it feels just good to not have that in my mind anymore. Taking all that space, and yeah, feels good. Yeah, you know, I feel like as well because you you were just kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in the shortest route to this result mm -hmm. right which means like I'm not going to try and make this work with like duct taping this idea and this idea together and I, but I'm going to keep this behavior and this behavior or I'm going to like just like YouTube video my way out of recovery like 
when you when you decide to just like actually invest then you get to get to the other side where this is a boring topic to you and I think Mm. that's really great because there are people people listening right now you know who are choosing to continue to just listen to episodes right or read this article or read that article until one day they magically hear the piece of information you know Mm. or something just clicks that makes them finally change and Mm. then they start to get frustrated with like with that process right i'm sick of having like i'm i'm over listening to this information like i've heard it a million times i'm not getting anything new i um like getting anxious about it i'm listening to too Mm. much of reading too much of this information like yeah well you know what you could do about that you know Mm. stop beating around the bush because that's what you're doing and beating around the bush can get really old Mm. and just get really frustrating and really sad and if what you want to do is move on like do what the thing is that you need to do you know whatever that is for you and like for some Mm -hmm. people that's hiring you know someone but for other people like they already know the answer to that Mm. um yeah just like let's get on with our lives ladies let's go let's go let's go exactly all right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well thank you so much for joining me Mel. I really really appreciate it um you know if anyone resonates with her story this is what I've been doing now it's like if you resonate with her story you want to reach out or contact you know just reach out to me let me know that you would love to connect with Mel and I will mm-hmm. connect you guys um you know privately yes not everyone needs their name attached to this stuff right we're getting on with our lives but I'm sure she would be more than happy to yeah chat with anyone I will who resonates <laughs> yeah okay it was a pleasure to chat with you yeah thank you okay well we'll be in touch and i'll speak with you soon Bye. bye hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option so many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. 
So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society.
Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.